Hey, this is Max from the Arkells, and you're listening to Underground Sports Philadelphia. going on everybody welcome into underground afternoons it is underground sports philadelphia episode number 406 a little afternoon action for you guys um matt and kb coming at you from underground studios we are post all-star break time to get back into the real stuff the james harden joel and beat era is on the horizon we're gonna talk about a whole bunch of sixer stuff um and, you know, everything else that's popped up over the last week or so. But uh, before we get started, big thank you to our sponsors who make this show happen. Main Auto LLC, Ducharms Pro Foot, Security 21 Security Systems, Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated, Mark Ronchetti CPA LLC, and the Dental Wellness Center of Vineland. Tomahawk Shades, go to TomahawkShades.com and use promo code USP at checkout for 25% off your entire order at tomahawkshades.com and the boys over at kenwood beer go to kenwoodbeer.com and use the kenny tracker to see you as kenwood beer on tap in the philadelphia area you got to be 21 or older to do so and of course please drink responsibly what's going on man living the dream you know we uh we are post all-star joel Embiid, snubbed of the all-star game mvp but steph curry did go absolutely nuclear uh very cool to see all the sixers legends there uh, James Harden posting a plethora of photos with Allen Iverson, and uh, we are on the horizon of the James Harden era beginning because allegedly he's going to be making his debut on Friday night. Yeah, uh, it's him and Allen Iverson are kindred spirits to me. They are two guys I think would have uh, really gotten along, <laughs> really, really frequent in this. Although I, I don't know what James Harden's opinion on TGI Fridays. I was going to say, I wonder that's, if he's a Fridays guy. That's the true litmus club. It is fitting though that he's making his debut on Friday, right? Uh, but the photo of them together was very cool. Seeing the one shot uh, of Joel Embiid on the court with Dr. J and Allen Iverson sitting courtside was also very cool. Um, takeaways from all-star break for you I, I talked about it on the last episode i i recorded earlier this week the dunk contest has lost all its luster for me yeah i honestly all-star weekend in general is like just not something i'm interested in anymore really no all-star weekend is interesting to me the only thing that has any anything I'll, i'm i'm at least interested in like tuning in for is the home run derby mm-hmm. that's the only festivity that i i, I care about yeah i, I just wonder Obviously, like the way the All Star Game is done now is is better than it was in years past, where you just break it down by conference, and that's the way that a lot of leagues are doing it now, right? Um, but so does not. I I wonder if in the next five years we're gonna have like a real change in, in this because it's just not fascinating anymore. No, the dunk contest used to be like one of the only things to look forward to. I actually think it's the least interesting of all of those events now. I feel like the three point contest, the skills competition, or like way more fun and engaging i just feel like with the dunks you reach like a natural 
I know ceiling because there, there's there's only so many ways you can dunk a basketball before it just stops being interesting. And I feel like we've just we've seen it all now, and there's just not much not much left to do. I, I do like that um, John ja Morant is going to be like the LeBron of his generation, and that everyone's going to constantly be begging for him to do the dunk contest, and he's just going to refuse. Uh, be, <laughs> and that that was all you heard like a while ago now of course but was that lebron should do the dunk contest how cool would that be and it's going to be the same with john morant i'm yep. feeling because he's already he's already having to to fight back those questions i truly was looking at this the other night too and i was like when was the last good dunk contest and like the only ones that come to mind of like really resonating were like obviously the dwight howard superman dunk and everything blake griffin dunking over the car Nate Robinson going back to back as as a little guy is is something that people will always remember. But like, outside of like those like little clusters, like it's been a while. Like Zach Levine was yeah, twenty sixteen was Zach Levine and Aaron Gordon. But that was yeah. I think more notable simple because Aaron Gordon got robbed. Yes, <laughs> not necessarily like the they were both like that was that was a good dunk contest. But like as a whole, I think that's more remembered because. Aaron Gordon should have won it, and he didn't. Yeah, um, that's that's about it. I couldn't tell you a single thing about the dunk contest in between. I honestly didn't even know Donovan Mitchell won the dunk contest. Could I couldn't tell you a single <laughs> thing he did during that dunk. Contest. I just I think the All Star Weekend in general is not. It's just not interesting to me. No. I don't know, and maybe it's just not for me. Maybe like it's good for like younger kids. I can remember as a kid, we played indoor soccer during the winter. Mm-hmm. And you'd have one weekend off, like everyone kind of like cycled in and out. So that way, like everyone got a chance to play essentially. And I would always hope that my weekend off would fall on All-Star weekend because, you know, then you could just stay home and watch it rather because the games were always at night on the weekends. Uh, Never did. And I was always pissed because I had to like catch the, and this was, you know, mid late 2000s where yeah. like highlights weren't just accessible like, you had to hope for had the to sport. wait for sports center you had to wait for the ticker on sports center to scroll to like all you know dunk contest highlights and stuff um and that was it so yeah I, I maybe it's just not for us anymore maybe it's just meant for like a younger audience i don't know i don't know if our kids interested in it <laughs> i mean you have guys dunking in tim's like it's just not interesting i don't y- you know that medical staff for the magic were <laughs> quaking when he put those Tims on. Yeah, quaking when he couldn't land a single dunk. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Tyrese Maxey is just a, a pride and joy. He got to uh, participate in the Rising Skills Contest. And uh, he's he's just a gem. Protect him at all costs. Uh, we're going to get into Daryl Morey's comments on the rights to Ricky Sanchez. But Spike Eskin told Daryl, keep... Keep Tyrese Maxey as far away from those fucking NFTs as possible. Well, so speaking of NFTs, I have to find this uh, this Keith Smith tweet that did uh, <laughs> I did see that, that did, one did kill me. Um, Jalen Green's NFT was for the nine fucking times he tried his dunk attempt. <laughs> Shout out to Keith Smith. What a fucking tweet. <laughs> Got a lot of traction on that one. Oh, that was, that really was so good. That was so good when I saw that. I just, I was like, that's a winner. <laughs> that is a winner. Um, but the the imminent buyout candidate has not been bought out yet, so we don't know who Daryl was talking about on the Ricky, but yesterday being Tuesday, uh, Willie Cauley-Stein signed a 10-day contract with the Sixers. There's your new backup big for at least the next 10 days. Yeah, he's uh, an interesting player because I can remember – post demarcus cousins trade willie collie sound was pretty good on, on the kings um 
enjoyed some success and then ends up on like the uh, the Warriors as well like he's played in some like interesting situations now he ends up getting waived this past year uh in favor of Marquise Chris and has just uh has been available since then and it feels like we're just kind of kicking the tires on, on this to see if it's like a, a cheap option for for the, at least the rest of the year but I do think there's some like intrigue there uh and so like he's not an amazing player by any stretch but uh he can certainly give you something defensively uh, that was always one of his like skill sets. Even you know, if you go back to like pre-draft you know, uh, analysis of him, and that stuck w- with the within the league. Um, and hilariously, is is a better uh, playoff uh, free throw shooter than Ben Simmons. Uh, three for three in playoffs. So there you go. Incredible. Um, and I think this is kind of just what the the Sixers front office is going to be looking for until. A buyout candidate if that buyout candidate is a big man becomes available um because you know as much as we want to see b-ball paul and charles bassey you know kind of get rotation minutes at that backup big they're still learning they're still rookies and it's tough to put all your eggs into a rookie's basket when you're still kind of clawing and, and fighting for playoff positioning now and you want to have doc get his best look at a playoff lineup as much as possible throughout the last couple months of the season. And who knows if either B-Ball Paul or, or Charles Bassett will be playing in the playoffs. Yeah, I, I would very much doubt that they'll have that kind of role. The bio market is weird because there are some guys traditionally that you'd expect to already be balled out or perhaps, you know, on their way, like a lot more news than there isn't. Uh, like Dennis Schroeder's a good example, someone that seemed very likely, you know, was going to be balled out by Houston and now isn't. And, I think some of this has to do with the fact that guys might be like forecasting, looking at the the free agency market this summer and thinking they might be better off waiting until then or, or trying to just get a nice deal with their own teams, you know, maybe punt free agency for another season or two. Um, whereas, you know, take a risk on like a minimum deal and, and hope something works out for you like we've seen in the past. So yeah, it, the, the buyout market isn't materializing the way that it normally does. Um, and by like buyout guys are good, right? Like, and I think we get a little hyped on them, but rarely is a buyout guy like the difference maker. It's right. usually just a nice complimentary piece, uh, someone that you could add to like the end of a rotation. But um, I would say if you're like the Lakers and dependent on buyout guys, uh, that says more about your team's current state than like anything else. Uh, so you know, if you're if you're really counting on someone, you know, to hopefully be bought up by a team and to convince him to join, and that's like your. <laughs> your next piece in your championship roster and not just like a good depth guy to have and some experience and that's perhaps concerning were Ilya Sova and Bellinelli buyout guys yeah I'm pretty sure they were they might be the last yeah like effective for us at least like last effective, effective guys. buyout guys yeah, absolutely um I'll never forget the confetti game where were you <laughs> what if I told you um, awful experience so obviously Daryl goes on the Ricky. Um, who do you think this buyout can? Because he seemed very like locked in that they know who it's going to be, but since it hasn't happened yet, he obviously couldn't comment on it. Uh, and this was all brought up when Mike Levin said that uh, Tristan Thompson had been bought out, but he was going to be signing with the Bulls. So there are two names that seem to be the consensus about who this mystery man is. It's either. Uh, Derek Favors or uh, Robin Lopez. Um, again, neither one of those guys is going to be like, giving you huge numbers, but they would be like 
perfectly fine, mm-hmm. you know, Embiid backups, right? Especially when you get to the playoffs. Embiid is going to be playing, you know, 40 minutes, you know, 41 minutes, hopefully, right? Like, you're you're really only going to be counting on someone for maybe, like, five to eight minutes a night. Um, if that, you know, even, like, depending on, like, what the series turns into. Neither of them are bad options in, in that role. Um, but, you know, it, it's, it's hard to say because <laughs> Daryl definitely did speak very certainly and absolutely that this is going to happen he just essentially can't say it yet probably because they're still within contract with their team um but i you know the 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 clock is ticking so to speak because you i think um you're kind of running out of time for these guys to get bought out and and added to the team i think march 1st is the deadline too for um that like window i'm not sure if that's the buyout date or that's when like you have to add someone to your roster for them to be like eligible but um that is like you know approaching march first yeah so the buyout deadline for playoff eligibility is march right first. so you know like if that's when it's meaningful <laughs> so next week basically right next wednesday we'll know Who? when or if this man of mystery is uh going to be on the sixers i mean if it's Derek favors is that vindication for uh evan turner <laughs> Uh, nothing will ever be <laughs> i love how cj mccollum in his uh players tribune article spoke so highly of evan turner being like such a great teammate and such a veteran presence with the portland trailblazer that's I'm great like, it's great to hear where was that Top bins, top tier commentary. Top drawer, upper 90. You already down. know. <laughs> you it's already know. I think that's we, how it always goes. We went goes like 45 minutes and we were at like Chelsea. <laughs> <laughs> what are we doing? <laughs> Um, I'm Dominic Ponteri. I am Matt Kessler. And we are here to talk about Champions League soccer today. Hey, it's Top Ben's time. What's up? We're back. Derek Favors is interesting, though, because he's still under contract for next year. Right. Which I feel like would make it tricky to buy out, but it's also not as difficult, I think, because he's playing for Oklahoma City and they're just full throttle tanking. Right. Like, they they are a... They don't care. Any, like, veteran player on Oklahoma City, I think, is always going to be a, like, buyout rumor guy. That's So SGN. I mean, with the, how young their team is overall, SGA is like a grizzled veteran at this point. He's seen it all. He has. Um, if you had to have your pick between Derek Favors and Robin Lopez, knowing what the Sixers have now on this roster and the style of play those two possess, who would you prefer to be the guy? 
I would go with someone that I've always hated playing against, and that's Robin Lopez. Yeah. Because he's just kind of a pain in the ass. He's also a little bit taller. Yeah. And you kind of have old and young versions of Derek Favors with Bassey, B-Ball Paul, and Paul Millsap. Right. And I feel like Robin Lopez would become that next cult hero backup pig in Philadelphia where everybody would just start wearing Sideshow Bob wigs to the Wells Fargo Center. Famously uh, hates mascots, too. Yes. Which is, which is fun. So his interactions with Franklin would be second. Might give us an edge over a potential uh, Brooke Lopez meetup, <laughs> too, you know? You never know how that how that works. Maybe he can, like, you know, twitches to, like, steal some power from uh, from him. Something like that. Speaking of twins, not to deter from the Sixers talk, but... Not twins, brothers, I should say, before someone gets upset. Right. But, Let's be honest. Brothers. They could be twins and no one would question it because they look exactly like Did you see this picture circulating online of the, the twin brothers who married twin sisters? I did, yeah. And then subsequently they both had twin so babies. So Sarah, my wife, told me that that was uh, BS. Like there was some – it wasn't like totally true how it was working. Yeah. And they already have a TLC show. It is – But it is bizarre. I think like, so, like there was like a surrogate involved, uh, something like that. Because the quote tweet I saw was that tweet with TLC is losing their mind right now. <laughs> In a good or a bad way? In a good way. Because oh, okay. I like to offer them a TV show. Because there's just no, like, that is such a TLC show. Which it already is. There you go. Yeah, because the, the... That is art imitating life. Viral tweet says, identical twin brothers Josh and Jeremy married identical twin sisters Brittany and Brianna. Uh, both couples gave birth to baby boys at the same time. Although technically cousins, the boys are genetically brothers. It gets more weird. Both families live together in the same house. And that's the weird part. That's the weird part. <laughs> if you have any takeaways, um, I just, I don't know that they are, but that just screams like sister wife stuff, you know. Like, if we're just talking from that tweet, like family tree wise, you're cousins, but genetic makeup, you're brothers. That's the weirdest shit so far I've heard in 2022, and <laughs> I that's don't know. saying a lot. I don't know. I don't know about that. Um, Granted, we still have like nine months to go but right it's a weird story we could have another set of bait i think there was something with a surrogate in there which probably makes it weirder actually yeah but what are you gonna do um yeah i agree i think robin lopez makes more sense but allegedly he's not seeking a buyout from the orlando no one, magic no one seems to be seeking a buyout yeah which is uh, also fascinating. weird um which is fine you know if the sixers if this is their roster i'm not like it's not like years past, it's like, we have to do something. It's like, you know what, let's just roll with this. I think part of that is because we haven't seen Harden play yet. Mm -hmm. So there's almost this sense of, we don't really care. We just want to see Harden play. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, until we see him play too, like, there's still, I think, question marks in general about how this team is going to operate. But, like, it's still mostly just optimistic. And, mm -hmm. like, you know, if we don't get anyone, we don't get anyone. I, you know, where in years past, it felt much more crucial at this deadline to to add uh you know an extra player an extra body yeah um and also like remembering the comments from earlier this month before the Harden trade happened where Doc was like we need a backup point guard right that is also interesting to see like what's interesting is Dragic goes to the Nets which is bizarre to me I I mean it's like a good situation right but like I really would have thought he ended up somewhere where like playing time was probably a, a bit more savage but he's older so maybe you know and uh, I know he had, he's had some injury issues the last few seasons, um, especially famously in the finals. But you know he could still like, give uh, a top team like some really good minutes, and 
Do you want just a good laugh? Just give me a good laugh. Dragic and Ben Simmons are teammates now. Yeah, it's really funny. Um, it was funny, too, because uh, the Nets Twitter account siphoned the energy off the Nets fans because the Nets fans used 2016 Ben Simmons uh, summer highlights, league yeah. highlights, and they used Goran Dragic's the Phoenix Suns highlights. <laughs> Did you see... Like, we were still in the Iraq and Afghanistan war. <laughs> like... Uh, Miley Cyrus was still Hannah Montana when Goran Dragic was talking about best of both worlds. (laughs) Like, come on, what are we doing here? I don't even think Lady Gaga had a hit yet. (laughs) I don't like. (laughs) I don't know if they posted this on the official account. There was a a picture. I guess somebody like photoshopped it. It's like the Brooklyn Bridge, and it's Durant, Kyrie, and Ben Simmons (laughs) together. And uh, somebody said they had to take this with outside the city limits because Kyrie couldn't be there. <laughs> well, apparently that's ending. Which is, is uh, yeah. Apparently, uh, Shams tweeted this today that uh, the New York City is uh, planning to scale back its vaccine mandate for for all things, which is strange to me, right? Like without diving too much into the COVID stuff, I get like the mask mandates and stuff, yeah. like being rolled back in the future. Like that makes tons of sense to me. The vaccine mandates, I thought, were going to be a thing, just like until yeah like until xxxx you know like it just seems strange that that's something that's being changed yeah. i don't know like I, I noticed that in philly as well like you know now you can um you can go into the wells fargo center uh and not need you know vaccine Proof. documentation or you go out to eat those are things that were previously you know blocked behind that access so people are saying that's because like midterm elections are there's definitely like a, a political component to it like people are definitely like COVID fatigued and would rather like, but it's strange because I don't, I don't know that the vaccine stuff is even like hard to get past. Yeah. <laughs> like, you're like, no one's really checking and looking at these things. Like no. most of the time you're just showing it to some, like a hostess at a restaurant mm-hmm. or like some like security guard or something. Like they don't care. And like, yeah. they don't, <laughs> they're not going to like look and check for like authenticity. And half the time it's like a picture on your phone. Mm-hmm. So like what, I don't know. It just seems like a, didn't seem like a hard barrier for entry anyway. And it, but it also seems like, just a strange thing to decide. Yeah, we don't need that anymore. Yeah, <laughs> especially when it was like it, it was in effect for what like a month. The vaccine mandate has been in effect for New York City f- since like October, I think. So you know, a solid. I mean, and well, that's even what, for us, like I'm saying, like for I think, for like, Philly, I think for like Wells Fargo Center, it was like January third. Yeah, I think, but it was like announced this early December. Yeah. I want to say that you were gonna have that. That's the thing too. Is like with so much of this stuff is like it was announced three months before so that mm-hmm. way people could feasibly have the opportunity to, you know, to get vaccinated if they chose to, um, all things that I just think, I just think it's a strange thing that, that we're just like throwing it away. Like, eh, we don't need that. Um, right. but for the Nets, I mean, obviously, uh, good for them because <laughs> that means Kyrie Irving is actually going to be able to play home games. Um, if he so chooses, if he so chooses, uh, lest we forget that this is a man who, who has walked away. Will, will he, uh, <laughs> Will he have to sage out Brooklyn's arena now? No, because there's no bad memories associated with it. There's nothing actually associated. <laughs> like Valid. Maybe like the, I don't know, Coldplay played there and it was really good. And like that's the the biggest moment in, uh, in memory of the Barclays Center. That's it. I, there's nothing else to that place. Jesus. Uh, it is about as, as historic as a, a Sweet Greens franchise. Yeah. You know, like it's just like... Like, come on. It is it is a, a a husk. It is weird 
speaking of the going back to the buyouts and, and like Drag- Dragic feels like he's really the only guy mm-hmm. of note that's been bought out. Yeah, Dragic, Dragic and Tristan Thompson, the only yeah. two like bigger names um, in that regard. And it doesn't, it just doesn't seem like we're really getting much else. Um, and I, I expect that at least there'll be one or two more guys, but especially the Lakers, right? Like are probably really counting on someone being available. LeBron's um, totally gonna force his way out. Oh sure. my god! I mean, his comments over All Star Weekend were uh, second to none. It, it was "Come get me, please." <laughs> That's <laughs> I am a Cleveland All Star. <laughs> I loved it. That was hilarious. Um, yeah, I mean, I, and I think jersey wise, the the celebrity All Star jerseys were the best ones. Yeah, the the main All Star game ones not great. Um, I I wish that they would. Do like a mix of, and I remember there was a year that they did this, or maybe I'm misremembering, but they had, um, I want to say it was even the Jimmy Butler year, where they had like the white and black ones, and you had your team's logo mm-hmm. on the front, right? Bring, so it would have been what, 20, 2019? 19. Um, bring those back. <laughs> like, those, bring that style back. Cause I, I like when you see like the, I like that in baseball, right? Where they wear the hats of mm-hmm. their, their team. Like, that's cool. And like, I don't think you can go back to how they used to do it, where it was like, um, you yeah. know, like they just wore their team's jersey. Like that's too much. <laughs> right. But yeah, that style, it's that really specific nice. one is lame. Uh, like in terms of like the style right. of it. But like, why not like mix the two? Like make them eccentric and fun. Like the All Star Game should be like, it should be all fun. It, it should, there shouldn't be like, I don't know. It feels like they're trying to too, too like often play to be, into like, wherever corporate you're playing. And playing. Playing to wherever you're playing, like whatever yeah. city you're in. But yeah, like they tried some nonsense about like Cleveland about how the silver was like remnant. It's like no, just no. shut up. Like do like music, do like right. a um a, like a I don't know like music notes and stuff on one, and then like the you could like tie in like Lake Erie into the other one or something, or you could do like the the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Like I don't know, I don't know if you could do that for NBA, right? But it's like lean into like something more than just like. I don't know this silver and 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 red. Like the the celebrity ones were, celebrity ones were cool. Really cool. Little too Nickelodeon, but you know, fun. I like that they're trying. Uh, I thought the um, the this the the rising stars ones, like the orange. They were the, nice. Those were those were the best of the bunch for me. Yeah. Like the ones Max you were wearing, I would. I those would, were really I would be nice. Um, uh, cause yeah, this year's were just not great. But most All Star jerseys are not amazing. Right. I mean, um, baseballs this year were horrendous. Lame. And that's the thing too is, is like, if you're gonna make it, like, if you're gonna make this All Star weekend a thing, and mm-hmm. then like we we have to care about it, give us something cool. Give <laughs> like, us something to look give us at. something to talk about. No, who's talking about those jerseys? No one. This no is like one. the that looks like Wildwood like, Boardwalk. Yeah, you go to Wildwood Boardwalk, or you go to like Foreman Mills, and that is like. You know, like a five dollar jersey that you you get just to have like a, a basketball jersey to like play in the park with. Like it does not look good, and that's like one hundred twenty dollars that they're gonna ask you to pay for that too. Just and you have to get your bad. you're not like buying that for no reason either. Like you're probably buying that because Embiid made the All Star mm-hmm. game or whoever. Like you're buying it with that player's name, so you yeah you're gonna have to pay or some sort of like jersey collector is right. buying that because just, even for just, that same reason it's just like. Stupid. Oh, I have all of Embiid's jerseys. Or... Just make them cool. Right. Make them cool. Not hard. Um, let's get into the the fun comments. Danny Green on his podcast. Talking about a lot of other people's podcasts. No free plugs, but uh, Danny Green's inside the green room um, this week. Finally opened up about Ben Simmons. 
and uh, his comments. It's shocking how they've changed <laughs> over the last uh, couple of months from when Danny Green once told us we had to be better fans, and now uh seems like... In Danny Green's defense, I will say this. That was pre a lot of events True. in his drama. That was when it was still very much in his very infancy, new. and... That was also probably when he was under the impression that Ben was probably at some point going to be back mm-hmm. on the team and was was probably just paying some lip service, being a good teammate. Fair enough. But carry on. So the quote here says, Interesting dynamic of how things went down. Interesting dynamic of who went with Simmons. I haven't gotten a chance to talk to Seth Curry and Andre Drummond yet, but uh, I know they weren't on the most of cordial terms when I was in Philly so with Drummond Seth. <laughs> Again, the whole podcast hosted by Stephen McAvoy and John Mavalia. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Get In The Whole Pod and be on the lookout for a ton of great content keeping you up to date on the world of golf. Releasing weekly a part of the Underground Sports Philadelphia family of podcasts wherever you listen to your favorite shows. And he said he'd be highly surprised if he even plays March 10th, which I... Is that writing has been on the wall like since the trade happened. Yeah. Um, but it sounds it, Danny Green in this very politically just seems like he's saying, I don't like Ben Simmons, uh, but I'm not going to outwardly say that. And I don't have like a concrete real reason to hate Ben Simmons other than that. I just kind of don't like him. But By if he says hi to me, I'll say hi to him and that's it. But he's probably not going to say hi to me. So I don't care. <laughs> like, yeah. That's really, um, welcome to the, welcome to the good side, brother. Yeah. Welcome. You've, you've been Ben pilled. Congrats. <laughs> now you understand. So he goes on to say, like you said, now will we shake hands? Probably not. First, I'd be highly surprised if he even plays in that game being the March 10th game, uh, when the Nets come to Philly, I don't know where his health is mentally, physically. I know he had other issues and we all know he does not like to play in Philly. So if he does play in that game, I'd be highly surprised. But say that does happen, I see it as being a very hectic playoff-like environment, atmosphere, uh, to where it may be very rough for him, depending on how he acts. I don't have any ill wills towards the guy. I don't hate him. I don't dislike him. It's just, for me, it's whatever. I don't waste more energy going out of my way to dislike him or send or spend any more energy trying to go out of my way to hate him or do things to him. If he comes up and shows love, I'll say what's up. That's the type of deal I'm on. But it all depends on how that game goes, how he interacts in that game, and how uh, well he plays, how cleanly or non-cleanly he or us plays against each other. That's going to determine how we shake hands. But I highly doubt he plays in that game. And if he does, I highly doubt he wants to shake hands before or after that game. Well, there's a, a quote here, too, that uh, I think got cut out of that a little bit. But it was, um, I understand you have a mental health issue. I understand you don't want to play where you want to, whatever it is. You did what you needed to do to make better for you and your life. That's cool. Do I think you could have handled it better? For sure. Because we had nothing against you as teammates. Still have nothing against you. Yikes. It just it very much sounds like Ben uh, was a, I don't want to call it pariah but a focal point of frustration within the locker room. That's how it would be written that in an ESPN Plus article, right? A focal point of frustration. <laughs> Using Woj's uh, thesaurus. Yeah. Uh, did you also see Joel Embiid uh, linked up with Big Fendi? I did. That's amazing. 
<laughs> like, and um, I know people have said it. I'm the first to say, it, but I think we did find our bell ringer for March yes. 10th, which sucks because that means we're losing that game. Because anytime we've had a cool bell ringer, it is every up single time dramatically in our Harden case. Triple H, like when we broke Meek Mill out of prison. Uh, and, <laughs> the triple. How did we lose the Triple H game? That's that's certainly on the list of of some of the worst. That was just embarrassing. We lose the Harden game. Um, but yeah, I mean, at least Danny Green's come to his senses and realized yeah, it's, it's a pretty, it's, it's not totally candid. Uh, we're yeah. not getting like the full, but you can read between the lines there and, and you know, he's keeping it a little cordial because his right. podcast airs on NBC sports, Philadelphia. <laughs> and I think too, you know, like there's, there's not an unreasonable chance that Danny Green is a teammate of Ben Simmons next year, you know, right. <laughs> like, it's, um, you know, you never want to like outwardly burn bridges either especially in like the NBA where like there's so much movement, but um, it doesn't seem like, you know, what's frustrating about it. I think what's hard is like Ben Simmons didn't do anything like personally to these guys. Right. It's Correct. not like he was like, it's not like Ben like did something bad to them as like people. It's just like, as essentially as a coworker, he sucked <laughs> like that. Yeah. And like, he wasn't, I it never struck me as Ben Simmons being like the warmest teammate. Not that he was like, mean or, or cold or anything he just has never seemed like a like wraps his arm around you type of guy um i don't know what that is i don't know if that's unless true. you're dropping into PUBG, right but like he's just he's just never seemed like the mina kimes once compared joel Embiid and ben simmons to dog to a dog and a cat and i don't think there's ever been a more perfect encapsulation of them like Embiid mina is very much a cut in 4k about right. ben simmons takes. <laughs> of course um but i, I think it's right like Cats typically don't care to like show you outward affection, and they don't need like praise really. Uh, but they also crave it. Uh, whereas dogs are like very loving and warming, and people just naturally gravitate towards them. And I've always, I have always felt that Ben is 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 very much a cat, and Joel and Bean I mean, is very much a cat. dog. He's <laughs> raised a cat. Um. Also, very interesting to see all of Joel and Bean's enemies flocking to him as he carried Arthur around like Simba. Love it. Just an amazing, uh, you know, just full day of Arthur content from the Sixers, from the NBA, as Joel Embiid paraded his son around like the king he is. It's good to see. Good for good for uh, Father Embiid. I think that really, like, took Embiid to the next level was once he had a son. That really, like, flipped a switch. I wonder if, like, they're without like being like too much of like armchair psychiatrist right but like there there has to be like a uh a maturity thing right mm -hmm. when you have a child and not that i ever thought Embiid was immature right um but there there is like a certain amount of like your life is just different now like you have like just way different priorities that probably puts so much more in perspective for you and he's always been great he's always been amazing but yeah i don't think you're wrong like i think ever since he's had his his child like it has been much more different. I think it's attitude. been like, uh, not that he needed motivation, but it's been an extra motivator right. because of everything he's been through. Like he talked about it this week where like his brother passing away, him not playing the first two years of his career. I think like those things that were like such negatives for him in terms of just like motivation and drive and where he almost walked away from the game of basketball, like having his son finding his fiance, right? I, yeah, I think they're still engaged. Um, I don't think they're actually married yet. Those two being together, like, I think that really, like, balanced the scale for him in terms of just, like, yeah, I have, like, for lack of a better term, like, purpose. 
Sorry, watching uh, watching some Champions League it was a fantastical <laughs> diving <Amazing>. header. <laughs> um, you know what? Uh, Embiid would approve of, yes. of that. Um, what I what I find really interesting too is like, it it is. I do feel like we've had this like recognition of like, especially with the Zion stuff now. Of it really wasn't a Embiid was never a guarantee to be this good right. and to. Like, there was a really a time in that two-year span where, like, there was actual questions about his, like, how many games was he going to be playing, if ever. And it, was, it did feel like... And I, I do think that's also, like, besides the fact that Embiid says the right things, very much has, like, just blended very well with, like, the city's attitude and, like, endears himself to the fans in a great way. And it's, like, the best player I've ever seen put on a Sixers uniform. And, and very likely at the end of his career, I think will probably be the will best be. Sixer ever. Um and it's, I think those first two years to really encapsulate that because there was, he was all we had like he's, yeah. and he still now is, he's like the only holdover from that. So like he is more so than a, a lot of other like homegrown stars, like really, I think embedded in the fabric of like Sixers fandom. And I think the same as with Zion now, like he, he clearly wants out of New Orleans and stuff, but like there are questions about like his future and it just can't, it reminds me so much of like Embiid and like so many people like asking questions and speculating and there's no guarantee that you know he turns out in the same path right and Zion's an amazing player um you can make the case that his age his age he showed way more than Embiid did at his right. age like it's just spectacular to watch but um I was just my message would be before you like say that Zion's never gonna make it like <laughs> familiar circle back familiarize yourself with flying to like Dubai or whatever it was to get the the bone graft surgery uh. you know like <laughs> just think of Think about those for a minute and then <laughs> then circle back. But when you consider, like, the circumstances and the odds that Embiid, like, <laughs> worked through and persevered and now is, like, it's still every season improving in some way. And, and that's amazing. Our guy, friend of the program, Ryan Jones, tweeted this. Like, he quote tweeted this over All-Star Weekend, if I can find it here. Um, pretty much just, like, summarizing why... We as Sixers fans, like, fully have, like, this, like, intense and increased attachment to Joel Embiid because of everything he's mm -hmm. been through. And that's, like, the reason why, like, you see Sixers fans, like, going to war on Twitter and, Absolutely. like, on social media about Joel Embiid is because we had, like, yeah, he said, uh, neutrals don't really understand the attachment we have to Embiid. Uh, but this is a huge part of the reason why we had to wait for two years to watch him when everyone was saying uh, he may never play. We had no choice to believe, and he delivered beyond even the wildest expectations. That January where he comes back, and we have that, like, I don't know, like it's 20 games where the Sixers are great, and you see him play, and you're like, holy shit. Like, this is <laughs> this is where it's at. Like, this is this is what we've, this is like, and you had that to hold on to. And he followed up and said, the night of his uh, second surgery that it was announced was one of my darkest days of sports fandom. Only things that were worse was the NFC Championship game versus the Bucks, Super Bowl 39, and the 2019 UCL final. But it was all worth it. We made uh, it. The Champions League final was great for me personally. <laughs> it's one of the better days of my life. It's a pretty good one. Pretty good day for me. Out of that. <laughs> that was a pretty good day for me. Um, But yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm just ready for these games to start with hard. Absolutely. That's and it sucks too. We have to wait till Friday. We know we get like the first <sighs> night back, and it's uh, 
like I think it's an eight o'clock game too. I so it's like we don't even get so. like the normal like seven. Thankfully, it's not like a ten thirty oh. or ten o'clock because there's honestly no chance I'm making it for that. But yeah, um, it's eight o'clock. So at least we'll, you know, <laughs> at least it's a reasonable time. Um, and it's a Friday, right? So you know, like staying up a little late, fine. But yeah, if if especially if he's back for like that marquee game against the Knicks at home. That's what's that's nice little what stretch of games here for the Sixers though. Like you get three like decent games against the Timberwolves, two against the Knicks, and then you get the Cavs, the Heat, the Bulls, the Nets. Yeah, a lot of lot of opportunity to like make up ground in the uh, the East, which is like really compact still. Like you you look at it, it's the Sixers one through seed. one through five could shift pretty easily. Yeah, um, like no doubt about it. And you expect the Nets to improve, obviously, uh, but as it's, I mean, one of the Celtics Raptors Nets. If not two of them, really, but you know, at least one of those teams is gonna have to do a play-in, and you expect them to win, of course. But that's crazy. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's that. I think that's a testament to how just challenging the East has been. But you know, and part of that has been COVID issues, right? Like this year, right. is, it's been very different than years past in terms of how many games have been lost, just more due to circumstance rather than actual like you know, matchups or talent or whatever, like, um, but the East is, is very compact. So every, every game matters. hundred percent. Um, did you see all the news yesterday that broke with women's sports? I did not. I, I knew Sarah sent me something about, uh, I know the women's, um, women's soccer, soccer team. Got, you got, pay. Yeah. They, they had won some lawsuit. Um, there was something with the WNBA, which I'll find. And then every ad slot was sold for women's March madness this year. Good. That's good to hear. Yeah. It's it's dumb that we treat women's sports as lesser than because they aren't. <laughs> like it's just find what all it's just it's that. weird to me. It what's weird to me too is like the, it's the same sport. Right. And I don't know why there's this like aversion with to, uh, unbelievable talent. Right. I just don't get why there's always this aversion of watching it, you know? Like familiar yeah and like yeah. you also don't have to watch it either too like i think that's important to put in the discussion like no one's like making you watch this but you also don't have to be a dickhead if you don't watch it you know like, right no one's forcing you to watch and no one's forcing you to comment about how you don't watch right so like choose if you want to but the women's national team getting that pay is important too because the women's team is just as if not more popular <laughs> than the men's team and better and way better like they're one of the best teams of I don't know the last thirty years yeah. uh, in 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 women's soccer. So like to uh, for them to to not have the equal pay, the things that they're fighting for when they are certainly like worthy of that is a uh, you know it's it's just what's right in my mind. Sometimes we all just need to wind down after a long day of enjoying our favorite sports teams go to work and with the rise of streaming platforms new tv shows and movies are popping up every single week and it might be overwhelming not knowing exactly what to watch well that's where streamer season comes in the exclusive streaming platform discussion podcast for tv and movies on the underground sports philadelphia podcast network join me kb and a plethora of our hosts right here at usp breaking down all the new tv and movies that you guys should be watching across all the various streaming platforms that are available to the masses. Catch us on streamer season wherever you get your podcasts.
Yes, from Kelsey Trainer, uh, listener of the Get in the Hole podcast. She is uh, formerly with Blue Bloods CBS. Mm-hmm. Um, she tweeted, U.S. Women's National Team equal pay lawsuit was settled for $24 million. Uh, March Madness women's basketball sold out of ad spots on ESPN. First college game day in 11 years uh, with the Gamecocks women's basketball. 3.54 million viewers for the gold medal women's hockey match. And that was just yesterday's news on Tuesday. Yeah. And you got the uh, the She Believes Cup going yeah. on right now. Um, US, uh, it's interesting because like the, the women had a pretty disappointing Olympics overall. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, hilariously, also, you know, like the men couldn't even make the Olympics. Uh, <laughs> so, um, you know, that's, that's for the people that complain all the time. But like, you know, this is like their first showing since then of like an opportunity to actually like set some things right. And it the U.S. team is in an interesting spot because like I would say one of the advantages that the, the women's national team had for so long was that as much as our infrastructure still has to improve, especially about women's sports and women's athletes and that we don't uh, treat them as, as fairly and as justly as a lot of the, the men's sports and men's teams, um, there was still a, a much larger infrastructure and well-built one than there existed mm-hmm. in a lot of other, like especially like European countries. There wasn't that, there really wasn't that kind of, system that you had in america um even something like the college system is not something that is as common but the european countries have caught up to that now and a lot of the european leaks are investing more and more and there's still more to be invested and that's like definitely a big fight that uh like women's athletes are having there especially in, in the soccer realm because um a lot of times it's like the men's team you know like there's a great example, Liverpool men's versus Liverpool women's. Liverpool women's do not get the same funding, even close. Uh, and they weren't even playing like the same facilities and stuff. And that's not fair or right because, you know, you can't call them a Liverpool team and not have them training even at the right. same grounds. The, the, the facilities that they're using are, are of poor standard. The stadiums that they're playing at aren't good. Um, so, yeah, there's this shift now in like no more lip service. Like you have to actually like put up the money and people are going to watch. Mm-hmm. Like you go to any, especially like the, the U S the women's game. Um, the USL is getting like a lot of like coverage, like the WSL, like in, in the, the Premier League WNBA. We all know the traditional big four sports and we have our favorite teams and enjoy them each and every week during their seasons. But what if I told you the fastest growing sport on two feet doesn't involve football, baseball, basketball, or hockey. Come join me, Dom Ponteri, and Harrison Kremens as we break down the sport of the future each and every week on the Outside the Box podcast, talking all things pro and college lacrosse right here on the Underground Sports Philadelphia Podcast Network. Like, these... Organization, and not that they should even have to be like, oh, look at the money opportunity, right? But like, just give them like at least the decency of equal training grounds, of equal you know services and staff. Like that's to me, that's basic. Mm-hmm. Like it's and it's it's if you just think about it on a true like workers' rights level, <laughs> it's right. basic stuff here. So um, I'm glad that they're getting those opportunities and that those things are changing for the better because. They shouldn't have to change, but yeah, it should have um, been I'm glad that, that they way are. from the start. Right. Um, I know this is off the cuff, but obviously talking about women's sports and like the whole push to get the WNBA into Philadelphia, what would you name the WNBA team? I don't know. That's tough. Off the top of my head, 
Um, man, I would, you know what? I would want something like deeply unique to Philly. Mm-hmm. Like I would love like the, um, like the Philadelphia bells or something, you know, like something like that. Thinking. Like give us, give us something like really like, I don't know. Like don't give us some dumb generic thing. Like, yeah, I, I would like something cool. Uh, and I think, I think of uh, like a WNBA team would do great in Philly as well. So good. Because like Philly is like, especially with like non-traditional sports, like, you know, you obviously cover the wings and mm-hmm. that those get like plenty of attention. I can remember the kicks growing yep. up, uh, the Philadelphia soul. Like if you are just a sports team that exists in the Philly area, you will be loved. You will be watched. Like there is like a market and an audience for everything. Even the union here. have like, right. Ascended from being in that realm to where I think a lot of people now absolutely associate them with the major I, four. There sports. was a, um, a poll about soccer that it, it like it was with a certain age demographic. I want to say it was 18 to 30 um that that is the fourth most popular sport now in america and surpassed hockey yeah and that the mls itself is like really it's pop it's it's growing and yeah there's no reason that women's sports can't be <laughs> on that same trend line so i would love a, a wnba team and the way the Philly. wnba like the the content teams each team hires like right they pump out equally if not better than nba stuff like right. it is it is it would thrive here, hundred percent. Um, and I mean, it's Wells Fargo Center too. Like, as much as we bag on the Wells Fargo Center sometimes, like it is. There's no bad seat in the house. Recently renovated, right? It's it's, it's a it's nice very stadium. Nice. It's, like, yeah, like we don't. I don't know that we give it enough credit. Actually, like, it's yeah. a really nice stadium. Like, it's a nice day out. Like, it's clean. It's like modern looking now too. Especially Easy to get around. Like, yeah, it's. I would say too, even like. It can be a little bit of a pain, like parking and all that and getting there. But I mean, if you live in the city too, like being able to take the septa right there is like clutch easy. Um, yeah, like there, there are some like aspects to it. Like there's never going to be a perfect stadium though. You know, and I would say like, especially the entire sports complex is great. Mm-hmm. The only thing I will say that I, I have been to like other cities. I went to Cincinnati and, and caught a Reds game there. And what was really cool about there is like, it wasn't quite fully downtown, but it like almost was, but like, there was a lot of like you could walk around and go to like restaurants mm. and bars and stuff. That's the only thing, and I do think that development is changing now. You know, like you have the hotel there now, and you've you've yeah. had Xfinity Live for a while, but like having some like the other places there now, having some other places to to go and see and like be able to walk around a bit. And you know, I that, feel that like with the the, the All Star pitch now that the Phillies got the twenty twenty six Major League Baseball All Star game, which might be the next All Star game we have. <laughs> right. Um. And I saw this online, which we've talked about a number of times since that got announced, that like it's been a push for every Philadelphia team for right. 2026 to host something. I saw that like publicly put out there on Twitter. 2026 is going to be a, a crazy year because um, that's also the U.S., Canada, Mexico right. World Cup hosting. Um, and Philly is almost certainly going to have some host duties. And uh, yeah, I mean... It's, it's obviously big too because there's it's what the 250th yeah. um, anniversary of America. <laughs> I don't know that that's how you how you exactly call that, um, but yeah, like having like Philly as like a sports hub is going to be fascinating. In and that, I feel in like that that's going to be the next step, like in that sports complex area is like okay, yeah, what type of you know outside entertainment what type of restaurants and stuff can we build around the sports complex and i, I think, think that's a big reason that there was the push for that hotel right it's yeah because like you're gonna have all these big events especially within the same year 
um you need like extra hospitality you need like something more to that area so it's going to be interesting to see where they plug stuff to since it is to our like our like benefit a lot of parking is right. there um and 2026 is going to be absolutely crazy uh union open up this week right yeah yeah i'm excited about that uh mls kicks off this week which is man it <laughs> it's funny because like the the off season for that is like remarkably so short um it's it's honestly really similar to baseball but it's even shorter uh i think it's really only about like two months and really not even that <laughs> like you're, you're it's like getting december january almost right yeah like that's pretty much it uh that's that's all you're getting um so I'm, I'm fascinated to see how the union do they've they've obviously had like a lot of roster change so um it's going to be like some of the bigger faces that we've seen over the last few years aren't aren't there anymore and it's going to be a little bit of a transition year but they're still like definitely one of the better teams in the east i'm pumped for mls this year i'm making a an avid attempt to watch more not just union games so mls in general yeah i mean like some of the union games i've tapped into the last couple of years like i was on the edge of my seat watching them. you are able to do as well if you're like in the area you can watch as long as they're not nationally televised which is only a few um you can watch them on the union's website yeah. which is like for me awesome and i wish more local sports did that because like i don't have cable uh, so i don't have like you know I don't have NBC Sports Philadelphia like And the nice thing now you know, I think in my wheelhouse you can just go on the website and watch They've been putting them on PHL 17 a lot right. too. I don't have that either unfortunately. But yeah, you know like it is it is really accessible to people, which is good. That's how you get mm-hmm. people interested. Put it on TV. Make it easier to watch. Put it and online. And that's what they've been doing with the Wings too like every single Wings game now is on TV, which I think uh, baseball <laughs> take a note. <laughs> you have 162 games. No one's watching every single one. The, uh, uh, make it as easy as you possibly can for people to watch all 162. <laughs> yeah, instead of paying, you know, $250 for MLB TV. It's so bad. It's so stupid. I love how these meetings are lasting like 15 minutes. Yeah, it's great. It's really, uh, really makes you positive about the future of the game. I, uh, I was talking about this with somebody the other day. I said, I don't think, and we've talked about this, I don't think there's been a commissioner in sports that hates the sport they work for more than Rob Manfred. Um, like he yeah, makes Gary Batman look great. He's outwardly being like venomous about baseball and yeah. its history, like which is so strange. Like Roger Goodell, like people always say, is like you know the worst and whatever. But um, like his job is just to protect the owners and speak for them, and he does that, and that's why he gets paid forty million dollars mm-hmm. a year. Um, but yeah, it's hard. Like Manfred is like outwardly aggressive in ways you don't have to be, <laughs> like, and bad in ways that you shouldn't be. Right. And it's like, he he just makes himself such an easy target yeah. to be talked about in such a negative light. And he does it to himself every single time. I think it's also like a holdover from the fact that so many of the baseball owners themselves, like we talk about like the dinosaurs that own NFL teams. I mean, the baseball owners. <laughs> I mean, you're talking like way worse. <laughs> so I think that's part of it as well. It's the, there is like an older we see it a lot in like how people talk about players celebrating and we see it with the hall of fame voting and all that stuff like there is a veneer of like really old school mindset within baseball that is just it's toxic and negative and uh it just isn't it's not modern it's not with mm-hmm. the times it's not and it's not what people want anymore um and all the things they try to do to make it modern suck yeah oh you didn't like baseball coin <laughs> 
<laughs> Manfred coin. Manfred coin. Uh, it's just a hunk of metal. <laughs> Digital. Although the uh, the one thing that's come out of these meetings is that the universal DH has been agreed upon. That's great. I'm, it'll it'll look really great in twenty uh, twenty twenty four when we can. <laughs> <laughs> that's like the one thing that benefits this Phillies roster. Yeah, as it's currently constructed. But you still have people like freaks even upset about that. It's like God, change isn't bad. Yeah, <laughs> like just because things are different now doesn't make them worse. You like, know, like. Is it fun when a, a pitcher goes yard and and hits a home run? Right. Yes. But how often is it happening? Well, if you're if you're watching uh, an Angels game. Uh. <laughs> uh, the other bit of baseball news is the rumor swirling around that uh, Freddie Freeman. It's very unlikely that he's going to resign with the Braves, and I swear to Christ, if John Middleton does not get on his phone the moment the lockout ends, and brings that man here. I would love the next time that I'm at a Phillies game and I see his face with his giant teeth on the big screen if I didn't have to get pissed off looking at his numbers, you know? Because he's always, he's always hitting like 340 against the All Phillies. All the time. Like, like, the, like 12 home runs in his last 15 games against us. Remember last like, year when he went hitless in that three-game series and we were just like, oh, this is this is not going to bode well down no, the line. We're going to pay. We're going to pay for that. And we did. I mean, could you imagine... I, it's more than likely not going to happen because John Middleton doesn't like to dive headfirst into the pool of spending money. But do you imagine a roster with Freddie Freeman and Bryce Harper and Real Muto on it? Yeah, it's going to be what? Uh, the NL East. Like 87 wins? <laughs> <laughs> the NL East cast offs. Yeah. Yeah, we would be like. I think, yeah, we're like the garbage team. But not like in like a bad way, but right. like we're just like the we, we are collect the misfit who are toy island. <laughs> it's bizarre. Cause it's like literally outside of Reese Hoskins last year and Alec Boehm, I guess, as, as the starting third baseman, every one of your starters last year I'm not even counting center field because that was just a circus in and of itself, but that was every other starter though. was brought in from outside the organization. Yeah, that's good. It's healthy. Because it was McCutcheon, Harper, Didi Gregorius, Gene Segura, Real Muto. It's healthy and sustainable. And then your best starting pitcher was from the Mets as well. It's healthy and sustainable. Nothing wrong with it. You can totally count on doing that forever. And it's certainly not going to lead to you just middling out. It's a great idea. I just... Just hoping Mr. Mattingly, who we brought in, is the answer with this player development stuff. It's gonna. The thing is, it's gonna take like five years to find out. Hundred <laughs> percent. Because like the next, we we talked about this when it happened. Like Mick Abel, Andrew Painter, and like right. all the guys we've drafted like the last two or three years. That's who we have to wait for to like reap the benefits of all the drafting that Barber's done, and then all the player development down on the farm when it happens, which might be a lot this year because right, who the hell knows when the actual Major League Baseball season's gonna start? But all the minor leaguers are down in Florida. Bryce Harper's in Clearwater. Fans are uh, stopping him on his bike rides to take pictures with him. Yeah, it sucks. Doesn't seem like right now baseball, if it even is back, it's not starting till like May. Yeah, you know, and that it's just it's gonna be a bummer when uh when we have a summer without baseball because it it doesn't look good. See what happens when you change the fanatic. <laughs> yeah, it's a curse. If you would have just kept. Like yeah, the, the way they were. The cowardly dog episode. We have to like return some ancient slab. We have to carry Madame Zeroni up the mountain. Well, it was um, there was some kind of tablet that the old fanatic yeah. <laughs> fanatic was was inscribed on. 
that we've broken or something. Yeah, it's the Declaration of Independence. <laughs> Where's Nicolas Cage when you need him? The crack on the Liberty Bell is, is growing larger every day. <laughs> did, did you see there's a... I forget what the name... I think it might be called Pig. It's a Nicolas Cage movie where he's playing Nicolas Cage. Only John Malkovich gets to do that. <laughs> like, Which, I saw the trailer for that and I said, this is the most Nicolas Cage thing <laughs> I've ever seen in my life. Unbelievable. Uh, be sure to follow us on the socials at Underground PHI, Twitter and Instagram, uh, twitch.tv slash underground sports PHI. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. We are 34 subscribers away from 100. That's where we want to get uh, before we start posting full video episodes on the YouTube channel. So subscribe to the YouTube channel linked in the description of every podcast. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at KBIZZL311. Follow Matt at Matt Castorina. Check out the website, undergroundsportsphiladelphia.com, for all of our written content. And subscribe to the podcast feeds. Five-star ratings and reviews on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. We are there. Uh, big thank you to our sponsors, Main Auto LLC, Ducharms Pro Foot, Security 21 Security Systems, Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated, Mark Ronchetti, CPA, LLC, and the Dental Wellness Center of Vineland. And, of course, Tomahawk Shades and Kenwood Beer. Go to TomahawkShades.com. Use promo code USP for 25% off your order at TomahawkShades.com. And Kenwood Beer, use the Kenny Tracker, KenwoodBeer.com, to see who's got Kenwood Beer on tap in the Philadelphia area. you got to be 21 or older to do so. And, of course, please drink responsibly. This has been episode number 406 of Underground Sports Philadelphia. We are on the horizon of the James Harden era of Sixers basketball. We will catch you guys next time. But until then, we are signing off. Peace.